It is 12.09. You are listening to the Shaletta Show on News Talk A3O-WCCO Radio, your good neighbor station. I have been waiting all week for this show because we have guests coming in the studio. It is so fun. I put out cupcakes and bottled water and napkins and thank you cards and cough drops. It's just like the good old days, right? And uh, we've got Josh Wheeler here uh, making sure everybody gets in and out. We've got Al Shock in the newsroom giving us the latest on news and information. Uh, We're going to have news at the top of the hour um, and, you know, so much that you need to know about that's going on in our community. We'll be talking about it here. So we'll be here until 3 o'clock. Tell your friends and family it's a beautiful day outside. Uh, You do not want uh, to be indoors. So while you're riding around, running your errands, leave it right here. We're going to talk you through your afternoon, and then Steve Thompson is coming up after me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Minneapolis Police Department is um, doing their very best to recruit more women officers. They want women to join the force, whether it is on patrol and policing, um, it is on the desk. They need more women, and they're doing everything they can to make that happen. I mean, when I found out about the latest thing they were doing, I was like, you know what? I got to get Sergeant Kia Boyd and Officer Crystal Scott on the show. They are going down to Alabama. What is the Minneapolis Police Department doing in Alabama? Well, we are going to find out because they are in the studio with me. Sergeant Kia, Officer Crystal, thank you so much for being on the Shaletta Show today. Thank you for having us. That's right. Thank you for having me. I tell you what, before the show, when they drove up in that squad car, I was like, uh-oh, it's the popos. <laughs> and then I saw two beautiful black women in the squad car, and I was like, oh, they good. They with me. <laughs> uh, they look like me. And, and it really makes a difference to have women see other women officers showing up, uh, knocking on the door, answering the call. Um, Sergeant Kia, you've been for a long time uh, an advocate for getting more women on the force. Why is that so important? Because um, I know from my experience that we're better communicators and more nurturing. And it's just good to see since I was a little girl, it took a long time for me to see a female in uniform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Officer Scott, I want you to talk to me about why you decided to join the force. You could have done any number of things, but you decided you want to be a Minneapolis police officer. Uh, yes, ma'am. It seemed like a, a good challenge for me. The individual that recruited me happened to be a mentor of mine mm-hmm. uh, previous, previously. And uh, it, like I said, it was going to be a good challenge and an opportunity for me to represent uh, the population that I wanted, you know, that I wanted to see. So people that look like me, females that did did also wanted to, you know, be a challenge and uh, be at the you know forefront of everything that's going on. You know, folks, you know, won't change, but they don't want to be a part of the change. Talk to me about what it was like when you told folks in your family and in your community, I'm going to be a Minneapolis police officer. Uh, my family was supportive. However, you know, they were afraid and nervous for yeah. my life. You know, during the time that I became a police officer, um, the street was was heavily populated. There was a lot going on, a lot of chaos or whatnot. But um, we believe in God, and so we, you know, they had a lot of faith in me. Um, and, you know, they thought I could do the job. 
And, you know, I, I saw a report the other day that crime is trending downward in Minneapolis just in the past several weeks, Sergeant Boyd. And I know that is largely because of the recruitment and diversity efforts that you've been doing for years and years and years. I, I'm telling you, when folks see a woman show up, especially a black woman, we want to be on our best behavior. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, and, and, and a black woman in a uniform, you're like, oh, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Okay. I yes. was thinking about doing that, but I'm going to think again because you look like my mama and you're yes. going to talk some sense into me. And I'm, you know, probably my life is going to be changed. And you were talking about the de-escalation and, you know, how women are natural nurturers. I, I tell you, when, when I saw y'all pull up, um, my, anxiety and um you know what i was thinking in my mind changed when y'all rolled that window down and smiled i I had to get out the car and take a picture because it was just so beautiful to see these two black women in uniform serving and protecting our city yes i um it's important for you to especially as young little girls for you to see yourself in the role Right. Mm. And so a smile, taking time to just listen when we're out on calls, because I know in our heads, I know because me and Officer Scott work together a lot and some situations are heated. But when we show up, you just take the time and just listen first. Mm -hmm. And then you can relate. Like you said, like, um, mm, no, because I'm a mother. I'm like, no, you're not telling the truth. Start again. I'm (laughs) going to give give you a couple tries. I'm going to give you a couple tries. We're going to go back and then try it again. Go ahead, start. And Officer Scott can tell you, I I do that. (laughs) But just even the the person who's being approached, um, you know, when you know that there is a a woman and you are a woman and somebody comes to your house and and you are going through something or you are dealing with something, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you know that there's a shared experience. There's a shared lived experience. Um, Talk to me about that officer Scott, as you, you know, are doing your job, you know, how are people in the community receiving you when they see you as a woman police officer? Uh, In my experience, I've had, very little experience, you know, where I've arrived on the call and that individual, those people that have called, you know, they, they saw me in a negative light for the most part. Every time I, you know, arrive to mm-hmm. um, a place, a house or whatnot, a residence, they're ex- receiving, it's receiving, they're, re- uh, you know, accepting of me being there. Um, they're ready to give me information, uh, help me um, yeah. as much as I can. And, you know, I, I give that back and um, am empathetic to the situation and those individuals that, you know, have called me to that scene. So. Very positive. Yeah, and I tell you, they are doing something positive. Um, they are going to Alabama. I said that when they first got here. What in the world, Craig, is the <laughs> Minneapolis Police Department doing in Alabama next week? When we yes. come back, I will tell you all about it. And it's 1221, and I tell you who ain't coming apart, uh, Nadine. She is out there at the Gophers game, and I know she is having a great time because it is 79 degrees, it is sunny, it is not windy. She always has the best snacks. I tell you, one day I am going to play hooky from my own show, and I'm going to run down there to uh, the stadium so I can see the Gophers play because – uh, actually, I'm just really not going. Okay, let me just be honest. I'm not going to go to see the Gophers play. I'm just going to hang out in the parking lot with Nadine because I tell you, that woman knows how to tailgate. She should have tailgate classes because she is a true tailgate professional. Okay, it, I mean, from the outfit to the shoes and socks to the snacks to the drinks, girlfriend brings it each and every time. She is over 
at the stadium. And so I, I just, yeah, uh, I'm going to just, yeah, Josh, go on ahead and tell him I'm sick next week. I'm going to just go ahead. Is uh, the Gophers in town next you. week? Because if the Gophers uh, are in town next week, I'm going to hang out with Nadine or and do some they, tailgate. Hey, they tailgate for a, a row games, too. You don't have oh. to worry about their home. They oh, tailgate. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're All good. right. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to pray that it is 79 and Sunday because this is perfect tailgate weather now while we're tailgating and enjoying the sun sunny 79 degrees uh minneapolis police department some of the officers are getting in the wind they're going down south to alabama why we're gonna find out from sergeant kia and officer crystal they are here with me in the studio we're continuing our conversation about why they are recruiting more women police officers now sergeant kia we were planning something and we were talking about something. You said, oh, well, I'm going to Alabama uh, next week. And I was like, what What in the world, Craig, are you doing <laughs> in Alabama? Talk mm-hmm. to me about this trip and, and the importance and significance of it. Yeah, so we were blessed over the summer to get an intern from Alabama A&M, HBCU, Jayla Hall. And she touched our hearts and was such a blessing um, to mentor her and to have her experience and her um, her advice on how MPD can move forward mm-hmm. um, coming from a young perspective. And so they're having a career fair. And while she was up here, we booked it. And I said, we'll be down there. But I told her, you're going to be at our table helping recruit. Oh, <laughs> this is okay. So wait, I, I know that this, this, this sounds easy, but I know this was an act of Congress. How did you open up to the intern? who said, come all the way to Alabama from Minneapolis to recruit officers, female officers, at my college campus. Most times, folks don't listen to the intern. What made you decide, Sergeant Kia, that I'm going to listen to the intern, I'm going to take her advice, and then I'm going to put that in action? Because I know you have to listen to our youth, right? They're the ones that you want one day taking your your place Mm -hmm. and they're coming with innovative ideas and we can no longer keep shutting them out so when she says you guys need to come down here oh and it's going to be a great time because it's right right during homecoming oh okay it's a party okay Okay. yes and so (laughs) yes and so she's already been advertising letting people know that we're going to be down there and so just we're, we're excited to go our department is excited to go and We'll be down there next week. Okay, so you have to tell me, Officer Crystal, uh, I, I haven't ever heard of the Minneapolis Police Department doing something like this as innovative and progressive as this. Talk to me about when you first heard, we're going all the way to Alabama, to Alabama A&M University, to be a part of the career fair. To be honest, I'm, I was excited. You know, something different, something new, something that in the past, you know, we didn't have, you know, opportunities to do so and. You know, this is a this is a new time, new day. You know, you know, do some, you know, some have some fresh ideas, and you know, put boots on the ground and go somewhere else. Yes, Sergeant Kia, I know this has a lot to do with leadership being open to new ideas, um, innovative ways of thinking outside the box. People say, "Oh, think outside the box." This is absolutely outside the box. You know, this is a career fair um, in Alabama recruiting. Uh, at an, a historically black college and, and university talking about the police. 
And, and you know as well as I do that the relationship between the African-American community and the police is on, um, we're, we're at a building stage. We're trying yes. to build it back up. You know, for, for generations, we had generations of officers in our families. The grandfather was a police officer, the son, uh, uh, the grandson, and, and the nieces and nephews. and It was just a family of officers. And we haven't had that for quite some time. So talk to me about your strategy in going down there and trying to recruit uh, these young black professionals, soon to be college graduates, to come to Minneapolis and join the police department. So pretty much it's just doing doing the work, doing the research and listening, realizing my church alone does an annual HBCU college tour Mm -hmm. at Fellowship. And our kids here in Minnesota don't all go to school here in Minnesota. Yeah. So why not? Go where they're going to let them know you can come back and still work in your community as well. And also these HBCUs are having law enforcement partnering to where they're running their own academy. Wow. So we need to get in on that and be a part of that versus being behind it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Officer Scott, are you going too? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so what do you plan to do? I'm, I'm, I'm a new recruit. I'm a possible recruit. I'm coming to the booth. Uh, I want to know what you got going on. Tell me what it is that you plan to say to any of the young men or women um, when they want to know about Minneapolis, if they haven't been, if if they're looking for opportunities post-graduation. What are some of the, the things that you plan um, as you think about the things that you want to tell them, that you want to say about not just the job but our city? Um, first, the first thing I'm going to do, you know, coming down there and being a physical presence, a lot of times, you know, they're going to look at us like Minnesota, Minnesota's here. Yeah, we're here. We came to do the work. We came to connect with you. And on a personal level, you know, tell them about our, my personal experience while I'm here. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here if I didn't want to be here. I wouldn't be here if I didn't have good experiences, good mentorship. Um, and tell them about the different opportunities that they may not have there that we have there, that we have, uh, you know, up in Minnesota. Um, and to understand, you know, understand that. We come. We, we may come from similar similar areas, although we live in different areas. Yeah. Um. But to relate to them, honestly, mm-hmm. and hear their story, and hear what they have to say. I think, Sergeant Kia, that it's going to mean so much to these young people, these young soon-to-be college graduates, as they're making decisions about life. Because you know as well as I do, uh, we done been to school for four years, and that major we thought we <laughs> girl, we done got set up and got an accounting degree and a nursing degree, and we don't even want to do this stuff, but Mama done spent all this money, so we're going to go ahead and get this degree. But the first time we step out one foot at the university, we're looking for a job that ain't got nothing to do with yes. the degree that we just got. So a lot of these kids are doing doing some soul searching at these career mm-hmm. fairs um, and they're really at a crossroads in their life about, you know, do I spend the time doing the job that I just got a degree for that I don't want or do I do something new and different and, and, and go to Minneapolis and try something that is way outside the box because I got two women who came down here and thought enough of me to take the time to talk to me. And that's the thing. It's about empowering those young students to let them know whatever your major is, you can still apply it, right? It's basic fundamentals, communication, writing skills, Mm -hmm. you know? And so whatever your degree is in, and that's the beauty of our department, is our door is still open. You don't have to have a law enforcement degree. Officer Scott did not have a law enforcement degree at all, but she's still utilizing what she learned and life skills in college on the department. And that's one of the reasons why... I personally brought her on. I mean, she's 
downplaying herself, but she was a regional recruiter for her university. Whoa. Okay, yeah, she ain't even say that in the in the, exactly. I got my notes. So I got three pages of notes, and she didn't even. You know what? You know what, Josh? We're going to take a commercial break so I can get my head together because I don't want to cuss. And then when we come back, we're going to talk to them just a little bit more because she she just go to commercial. Just Dana made me just change my whole show around. I was supposed to be talking to Mary Moriarty. Uh, I got with Steve Simpson this morning, went over my questions, did my research. I was ready. And then Sergeant Kia threw me a curveball and I struck out. Because she's telling me that Officer Crystal was a regional recruiter for her college. And here they are going down to Alabama A&M University to recruit for the Minneapolis Police Department. Now, Sergeant Kia, you withheld this information from me. I don't appreciate it. I got three pages of notes over here, and I don't have... I don't have anything about Officer Crystal being a college a regional recruiter. She doesn't She doesn't give herself enough credit, so I had to. Well, I'm glad you did. Now, Officer Crystal, I need you to tell me uh, what what is a regional college recruiter? Because it sounds important. I just need to know what the job description is. So for a college recruiter, say, for example, if you're a college recruiter for a Division II school, you have a territory. So a territory in Minnesota could be southwest, the southwest portion of Minnesota. However, as a regional recruiter, you don't only have your territories in Minnesota. Uh, they may be in Chicago. They may be in Wisconsin. So any of the you know regional Midwest states that we have surrounding Minnesota. Okay. And so what would you do to recruit those kids? So I would do some research, actually, depending on what school that I went to. I'll learn about kind of like that population of students. Who was there? What do they look like? What do they get into? Um, how do they have fun? What do they eat? Um, and when I would go down to recruit, it's all about having a, like a personal experience. You, you can't come down and talk about, you know, stats and, and this and that. You know, as youth, they don't they don't uh, they don't care. They don't they don't care. Yeah, <laughs> they don't care. They, they want to have fun. Is. You know, they want something good to eat. They want some type of hospitality. Um, and somewhere they, they can be themselves and, and feel supported. So you learn about that area, you know, like I said, you know, what, what makes them feel comfortable? Um, and, yeah. you know, if you have an opportunity, if you have a student that is, you know, at the school currently that is from, you know, this place, you get with them and you connect with them. So, hey, how was it like, you know, living where you, you know, going, going to where you're from, you know, what, yeah. are the, what are those people like? So connecting with that. That is going to really help you all, Sergeant Kia, when you are headed down to Alabama A&M University uh, this coming week to recruit for the Minneapolis Police Department. What's your goal? Um, you know, you've invested a lot of time. Y'all have invested uh, a lot of manpower, um, energy, resources to get down here and be a part of this um, historic event. Um, you know, first time that, you know, I've heard of that you are going to a historically black college you know, in the South to let them know about the offerings at the Minneapolis Police Department. You know, when you get back on a plane and you start heading this way, um, in order for you to say this event was successful, what does it need to look like? What's your ultimate goal? It's not even honestly getting people to click that button to apply. It's, for me, it's exposure. It's what connections as Officer Scott mentioned, so that when I do come, when we do come back to the office in Minneapolis, we have people down there recruiting for us. 
sending students who may not have had the opportunity to come up to us, to our booth that day, but sending them a month from now, a year from now, and keeping that constant communication and relationship going to where we can even go down there and do workshops. Mm. So this is, it's more than just a one-time deal. This is for you, um, an opportunity to really um, make a lasting connection. Is this the first of many opportunities like this? Definitely. Um, We were only able to go to two HBCUs, HBCUs last year, but it's about... Like I said, the lasting communication. Um, Officer Scott went to Morehouse last year, and the guy she connected with is still sending people our way, sending their resumes for mm-hmm. me to reach out to. Mm-hmm. And Officer Crystal, when you know you think about the lasting impact, it may be seeds that you all are planting that you may not even see right away. Um, talk to me about that because I know I'm a numbers person. If I get on a plane and I come back and I ain't signed up 10 or 20 people, uh, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be huffing and puffing. But for y'all, this is more of a strategy and it's more long term, right? Yes, ma'am. Most definitely, you know, for the future, you know, we may see some, you know, some of our seeds being planted. You know, some people, you know, some of those students may apply. We don't know. Um, Like I said, it's more than a numbers game. It's having faith in, you know, our department and having faith in the people that we put in these positions to go down and make those connections with those students. You know, we're very positive individuals, and we believe in this department uh, a whole lot, you know. Um, and uh, I think we, we just have a lot of faith that <clears throat> what we do there, and we know how hard we work, what work we do, what connections we'll make, um, we'll, we'll benefit, you know, this department when we're, you know, older or, or when we're gone. Yeah. Now, Sergeant Kia, um, you know, we talk about lasting impressions. When you um, look back on it um, and the legacy that you want to leave behind, uh, with regard to recruiting more women, um, I know for you this is just a, a start. What are some more ideas that you have? Because I know you just like got so many ideas, and and this one just blew me away that you all are are getting on a plane and flying down, and you know setting up a booth and recruiting from you know historically black college and university. I, I know I'm going to be following your journey. I'm going to be doing stories on it. Um, I, I hadn't heard anything like it before. Um, and so I just really want to know what's next. How you gonna top this? <laughs> um, honestly, um, ha- having Officer Scott here, I would love to build our mentorship program. Mm. We started small, and I think with both of us, you know, especially faith believers and stuff, and not just pouring into the ladies as far as doing this job. But just in whatever challenge that they have, building that mentorship, tying it to MPD, tying it to Minneapolis and growing it and then growing our Women's Leadership Academy that I'd be able to walk off and leave the department and and skipping. Knowing I passed, (laughs) knowing I passed the baton and and did the foundation. Well, you have uh, created an amazing foundation. Uh, Sergeant Kia Boyd, 17 years with the Minneapolis Police Department. Officer Crystal Scott, seven years. Uh, these ladies are headed to Alabama A&M University to recruit more uh, people of color and especially women uh, to join the police department. Thank you both for being here on the show. Um, it is great seeing you. I can't wait to post this picture. Y'all, I, y'all, if y'all are not tied to my social media timeline, you got to get tied to the timeline because they were standing out there and I was like, give me your phone. 
This is a beautiful picture. Two amazing, strong, successful women police officers standing in full uniform in front of their squad car. I was like, give me everybody around me. Give me y'all phone because I want everybody <laughs> um, to have this picture in, in that. Uh, you know, folks say a picture is worth a thousand words. That one was worth one, and that was amazing. Thank you, ladies. So Thank much. you so much for having us. All right, well, don't go anywhere because I don't even know who's coming up next because I had to mess my whole show up and blow some stuff up so I could talk about Officer Crystal being a, a you know a, a regional college recruiter. So Josh will figure it out, and we'll be right back. We are bobbing in here. That's a bob. That is a bob, Miss Mary. Yes. That's that was the jam back in the day. Back when I uh before the the bills and the babies and the mortgage and you know when life when you could take a nap whenever you felt like it. There was no curfew. You know, you don't have to worry about babysitters. That that was a bop. Mm-hmm. That was a bop. That mm-hmm. broke that took me to a place that I miss. i am joined today by mary moriarty thank you so much for coming in the studio now we saw each other a couple of weeks ago at the naacp freedom fund gala and you have so many new initiatives that you are working on and doing uh with your office and i was like okay we got to talk about this why haven't we talked about your uh partnership with schools why haven't we talked about the new youth auto theft initiative. You know, nobody is saying anything about that. And I want to be the first because we need to know what's going on and how you're working uh, to help, especially troubled young people in our community. Well, thank you for inviting me to be here. And I think pretty much you're always the first, aren't you? I, I am because I, I mean, you know, I didn't want to brag or nothing, but I was the first person to break the fact that you were running for this office. Yes, I was. You yes, did. I was. You yes, did. I was. You were the first person I talked to. Okay, so talk to me about uh, this new strategic plan, the Youth uh, Auto Theft Initiative and the partnership with schools. Uh, I'm very excited about all of those things. We convened uh, a meeting with school superintendents Mm -hmm. and school board members about Mm -hmm. three weeks ago from all across Hennepin County to really talk about what we could all do to help youth. Now, you may know we at the Hennepin County Attorney's Office are responsible for truancy, Mm -hmm. but we do have the option of having a diversion program instead. So instead Mm -hmm. of truancy court and hauling a kid and their family into court, we have a program called Be at School. And it is our attempt to intervene early to get kids back in school. And what that looks like is school's are required by law to report to us Mm -hmm. when youth aren't in school. Uh, And we are intervening a lot earlier. Um, And so we we were talking to school superintendents and school board members about, hey, how can we work together? And they were very excited about it. And there's a lot of space there for us to be in better communication to really figure out who are the youth that are not in school because Mm -hmm. um, school truancy has, has gone way up. Um, yeah. in many schools, yeah. how do we get kids back in school? And that typically means uh, helping families uh, get stability so that the family yeah. um, can be in a space where they can get their kid to school. Okay, now, I love this. I love the fact that you're involving the whole family in the success of a child. But there's some people out there that say, you know what? The kid knows better. He's doing wrong. Uh, lock him up. Put him in jail. 
Why do you want to take that extra effort to have these initiatives, especially aimed at youth, when it's a lot easier to just say, you know what, he made a mistake, he needs to pay for his crime, learn his punishment, we're not going to waste any energy or effort for this person if they're convicted of a crime? Because youth are our future. And we know since the pandemic and the murder of George Floyd that our youth are struggling. Yeah, uh, They were struggling with online school. Yes, if they even were. had the resources to be there. They didn't have those adult relationships. They didn't have places to go. Kids need places to go, um, whether it's a gym, whether it's music, all of those kinds of things. And they haven't had that. So mm. our youth are struggling. And yeah. it's incumbent upon us to do our very best to help those youth. Now – I, you know, we, you mentioned our auto theft initiative. And one of the things that I realized early on in talking to law enforcement throughout Hennepin County is that they were seeing kids who were engaging in risky behavior. Yeah. And we know from looking at the data that in all of Hennepin County, when car thefts are reported, we are only getting cases in about 2% of the time. And so, and that's for a number of different reasons. And if law enforcement is able to only get us cases in 2% of the time, and we know that a lot of the car thefts do involve our youth, um, what can we do to intervene before they get into the Mm. system? And so we met with law enforcement for a number of months, and we said, hey, how would you feel if we met with you as often as you want? You give us the names of those kids, and we will use all of our resources to figure out how to get them help. And by all of our resources, I mean we brought together our team, child protection, youth prosecution. We worked and partnered with uh, county mental health. We used our be at school social worker Mm -hmm. um, to reach out to families Mm -hmm. um, from kids whose names we got from law enforcement. And I can tell you, um, you know, you mentioned some of the times you hear about, hey, prosecute the parents, or at least I hear that. Yeah. But this is what's really exciting about this program. Our social worker reached out um, and was able to get 96% of those, get in touch with 96% of those families yeah. that were uh, 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 given to us. 100% of those families he reached were not surprised that their kid was on the radar screen, and they thanked us. Mm. Thank you. We just had no idea where to go or what to do. And then what we were able to do was to connect them with Hennepin County resources, mm-hmm. community-based resources that could help that family unit get stability. And so – and that was without bringing them into the system. Right. So in other words, we had our child protection people there, but we're not there to create a child protection case. If we got the name of a kid whose family is already involved in child protection, we would just contact the child protection worker and say, hey, we're hearing um, from law enforcement that yeah. this kid is out there. We're not sharing that information back to law enforcement. This is the very first time in the history of the county attorney's office that we have taken such a preventative approach. In the past, we would have sat back and said, well, you're only bringing us 2% of the car theft cases. There's nothing we can do. But we wanted to partner with law enforcement Mm -hmm. because we know kids are at youth and we want and have the resources to get that family stabilized so that that kid hopefully will never come into the system. That is amazing. And I I just I have to tell you, as a kid who grew up in the inner city, I appreciate that effort. Um, We got to talk about some news before you go. Um, because Keith Ellison came out uh, about the school resource officers and said that the law isn't the problem. Um, You came out this week and said it is the problem. 
So talk to me about, you know, the difference that you all have in this. You see it differently from Ellison. Um, your take on the school resource officer law. Yeah, and, and I will say it's not a difference with the AG at all. Here's the position that we found ourselves in. When I came into office, I made it a priority to work with all of our law enforcement partners in Hennepin County. As I said, I just came from an event out in Rogers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've worked with uh, police in Rogers, Bloomington, all over the place. And we've developed a pretty good relationship where they know we're not always going to agree, but I will be candid with them and transparent. Mm-hmm. So the EG is the only authority that has uh, the ability to to give a an opinion that's binding mm-hmm. until a court says it isn't. I, as county attorney, have no authority to do that. But what happened over a period of weeks was our police chiefs in Hennepin County were saying to me, hey, you have partnered with us really well. You have provided training for us on the new cannabis law. Um, We know you can't give a binding opinion, but we want to know what you think about this. And so our team, this wasn't just me, our team had been looking at this statute. Um, I was really, I was not part of that legislative mm-hmm. passage. I wasn't really aware of it. And so we did a lot of research. We were talking to legislators. We And we looked at the language of the statute. And here's what it does. What it does is say that prone, that SROs are banned from doing prone restraints and other kinds of restraints on kids. Now, what makes it different is that, as you may know, back in 2015, the legislature said that school personnel could not use prone restraints on special ed students. Mm -hmm. But it also said school agents, and I learned that SROs were not interpreted to be agents of the school. So what this legislation says is school personnel and SROs cannot use prone restraints on students in school. So what it does is shift the way the legislature looks at law enforcement. Mm -hmm. They're not looking at them as law enforcement out on the street where they do use prone restraints and they don't need reasonable force to do that. They're looking at them as, hey, you are SROs, you are different in schools, and we are going to look at you the same way we look at all school personnel. And so I think a a conversation that we should all be having now is what role do we want our SROs to play in school? What kind of tools do we want them to have? Okay. Yeah, that's that's uh, and everybody has an opinion. I thank you for sharing yours. Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty. We'll be right back with more on The Shaletta Show. Thank you. 